As Wisconsin natives, the Bodines once sang, See, I can see good things for you and I. And this is the Fat Man Chronicles. again, Gretchen has ditched me because I want to talk about running a bunch. So you know what that means. I invite Rob back to the show. Rob, how are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me back on. Apparently it wasn't enough controversy last time, so we got to do it again. Right? Well, I mean, Megan said you were a little bit easy on me. But that's well, number okay. one, you don't you don't this on the host, right? <laughs> I'm I'm more than fine with being called out. But uh, yeah, I figured, you know, you you and I did the, the race in preview. It was only appropriate that we now do the race recap. And, you know, we'll just start out with the spoiler alert. I did finish the 50K. So first ultra marathon is under the belt. But a lot led up to that and through the race. So thought you and I could could chat and I would start to tell the story and I know you always come up with great questions so that's where I'm I don't know so go. much about that but I do want to say congratulations and I can't wait for you to edit and insert the fanfare the clapping and the cheering right there later on right <laughs> so if you're not hearing that you're just hearing the first uh time this is so re-download it five six ten twelve more times and it'll eventually get there at, le- at least that many so um <laughs> That would that would really help the numbers. Although I'm not sure what I would do with that, but uh, uh, anyway, um, so I'm gonna kind of give a start from the beginning, kind of uh, for the weekend, and figure we'll go from there and interrupt anytime you've got some questions. Okay, I, my first question was gonna be, or not not necessarily a question, more of a what I think we should do, and exactly what you just said. Please go through and go back because you, much like. Um, I want to say I did for my ultra went down and kind of made a weekend out of it. I mean, you went up there. So I, th- I think it'd be good. I, I, I don't know what all you put on social media because I wasn't out there necessarily um, looking at it all every single post and my, I have my there notifications turned off. I'm sorry, you know, uh, but I did notice, I mean, I know you and I talk offline, so I know kind of what you did when you went, where you went, what you, you know, through the days, but I think, I think it really made for a better, I want to say event a whole weekend, and I, and I think you do need to share all that with everyone. So, yeah. what when did you s- start your entire uh, journey? Well, I packed on Thursday night, uh, and in preparation of leaving from work on Friday. So, um, while I was packing, I wanted to make sure I I had everything with me, obviously, um, which includes big time uh, the stuff to like enter. What am I looking for? Nutrition and having the backpack uh, with me or nutrition. What do you call that thing? A vest, some sort of a vest. Um, It's an ultimate direction uh, vest, which was what uh, Gretchen got me uh, a little while ago based on your recommendation. So 
which right. got to give props. The only reason I even made that recommendation, Karen. Oh, so right. so it, it all you got to, you know, you know, give uh, credit where credit is due. And that that tra- backtracks to uh, her. Yeah. And, you know, Karen was a huge inspiration as I was going through this race, too. So it's appropriate that that we mention her. So uh, so that night, uh, Thursday night, I start to pack and I wanted to make sure that I had the Morton um, drink mix with me because I knew that that was going to be my main source of nutrition. And we talked about that a little bit last show. I had three packets of the 320 calorie drink mix with me. I knew that I wanted to put two right away into bottles and then have an have that third one available. I made sure that I had a couple of gels with me and some salt tabs because you're going to be burning a lot of, you know, through a lot of electrolytes while out there. So I made sure I had that. Now, besides the two questions, I'll interject. Some people would want to know uh, any specific flavor on that. I don't know if they come in flavors or not and no. or any brand preferences on your salt and or gels so the the gels were morton also and morton does not have flavors it's actually kind of one of their things right now it's just it it doesn't taste like a lot it just kind of tastes a little sweet um just a little bit it's actually not overly sweet at least to me and i can handle it um on the salt tabs i think it just says salt tabs on it so i don't i don't really have a brand on those although you've told me that you're um, a fan of the things that Vinny Tortorich has put put out there. And I do have that on my list of the next time I'm short on electrolytes that I'm going to try his tabs because I think it would be interesting because I know that um, a lot of people have good things to say about those. Um, Vinny, you can send me a check anytime if, if you get any orders off of that. So I packed up that stuff and I took no other food. So I had, t- well... Not true. I did take some watermelon with me, anticipating that maybe after the race I would want some and put it all, all of that into a cooler. And then I also took some cold brew coffee with me because I knew race morning I was going to need coffee and I kind of have a routine where I, you know, we'll get into, but coffee is a part of it. And I also knew that the bed and breakfast would not have coffee available that early. And I didn't want to leave and have to go get it. So I brought my own cold brew with me. We had talked about me boiling up some potatoes and that had worked on a different uh, training run, but I decided not to do it. And the reason behind my, at least my thought process was I wanted to make sure I had the Morton because that's not going to be available. And I practiced with it and it works really well for me and my, you know, in my stomach and, and everything. But I figured they'd have something like a potato available at pretty much every aid station. So I decided not to pack the potatoes, cooking them up a couple of days ahead of time. And I, it just kind of took a little bit off my mind of like one less thing to do like that night. So that was good right. uh, for me. And then I started concentrating from there on just making sure I had clothes with me. So I had... At my running shorts, my running shirts, because I knew I'd do a shakeout run on Saturday, and uh, socks appropriate there. Made sure I had the nip guards because that's a long time out there, and nobody needs bloody nipples. Andy, quick from the question: 
I do know that's a funny uh, thought and image there. Uh, do you actually use the brand Nip Guards, or do you do. use another one? Okay, I do use those. They're kind of like like look like a stop sign almost, I think, and um, they kind of do protrude a little bit. They're not like bandages that are pretty flat against the surface, so it can look funny at times. But I don't really care uh, because I'm not trying to impress anyone out there. I just want to make sure that I don't get chafing on my nipples because that hurts. I I ask and interject and we'll go back to your story. And that is I use the brand Nip Ease. They're basically look like, same thing, like about the size of a dime, maybe a nickel. Just little adhesive stickers, if you will. Yeah, my, so I, I, had, I had a brother-in-law that had the Nip Guards, I think is the brand. And they almost had like a little bit of foam behind yes. them. And they like you said, they stick out like, like three – the height of like three quarters. These ones – you, you basically just squish everything flat, and yep. I've never had one fail in the six-plus years that I've been using them. Yeah, so funny funny about that, right? So you recommended those, and I yeah. did buy them and try them, and they failed every time I tried. So, what? Yeah, they've fallen off You know, off you, you don't put time. body glide on, then them. You just no. stick them on. Yeah. Put them on, stick them on. Yep. All right, whatever. Yep. Yep, it comes off every single time. So I've got almost like a full thing. I should just send them to you. Um, yeah. Wait till October. I'll get them from you in person. There you go. Um, yeah, so I ended up going to the using the Nip Guards, and they've never failed on me. And so, I mean, it just goes to show everybody's different, and that's just the way it worked out. The, the ones you use are much less costly. <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> um, these are not cheap, but they work, so I just can continue to use them. Um, yep. And then I made sure that I had, speaking of things that work, my squirrel's nut butter. All of these things, um, no sponsorships, just so we're clear. Um, so I'm not getting paid on any any of these. And I'm not necessarily recommending them. It just happens to be what works for me. But and, the, and for my reference, because I'm giggling, because I'm pretty sure it is, you are talking about something that is equivalent to body glide. It not, is. Not um, something that you're going to ingest. Correct. I'm not going to ingest any of the squirrel's nut butter. It is a, it's a stick, just like a body glide. And it just kind of, I think it's more natural ingredients, but for whatever reason, it doesn't, it doesn't come off for me. Whereas body glide after a while would kind of, I, I could still chafe when I use body glide, but I have never had a problem with this. And so I use that. Um, in chafing places and on my feet before I head out for the run. So that's a super important thing not to forget um, because if you've ever run any distance or had chafing like that, it's miserable. So you just, you want to avoid that at all costs. So that was, yep. that was um, it. And then I made sure that I had my shoes with me. Um, right now I'm using New Balance 890 V7s. Um, I love them. And the the ter the course was on a trail, but it wasn't technical, and it was kind of uh, a, a few different terrains, but it's all soft and like you didn't need except a little bit of pavement. You didn't really need a special shoe. You didn't need a trail shoe for this. So I went ahead and wore the exact shoe that I wear on the road, and uh, I knew that that would be okay, kind of given the research that I had done and listening to the 10 junk miles podcast to kind of get their lay of the land on, on why they chose that path. 
to do everything on, why they chose that trail. So at that point, uh, oh, and hats, of course. So I had my 10 Junk Miles hat with me. Um, I have to wear a hat when I run. I actually don't wear sunglasses when I run. And I think it's just the way that I, I, there's no sunglasses I've ever had that don't get fogged up. So I just <laughs> stopped wearing them a long time ago and pretty much just wear a hat. And it shields me enough from the sun where it doesn't bother me. I'll interject to make one more recommendation. Uh, and I've said this several times. I wear the exact same pair of sunglasses now for the last six years. When I say the same pair, they're the $3 tinted safety glasses that you get like Lowe's, Home Depot. You can buy them on Amazon. 3M, I think, makes them wherever. They're like between 2 and $4, depending on if you buy them in bulk or not. Uh, they're scratch resistant and usually anti-fog. And when they start fogging, just throw them away and get a new set. Yeah, you have said that. I, You know, the other piece of that, I, I should say there's two pieces. The fog is one thing. The other thing is I just don't like the feel of them while I run. They they don't they kind of bounce like I've never found the right thing. And maybe those would work. Um, but at this point. Everything is fine, right? So I figure why it's mess with not, it? Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Exactly. But that's a good recommendation for an easy, inexpensive way to have um, protection while you're while you're out there running. Um, and the reason why, I mean, I run a fair amount on our rail trail and you go through some buggy areas and I also ride a bike a lot. I never ride without a pair of, you know, something protecting my eyes. Same deal when I'm running. I don't like, you know, bugs hitting my, basically hitting my eyes when I'm running. Right. So I, I pretty much always wear them for that reason, but you know, preference. So. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So at, at that point I'm pretty well prepared. So I packed up the, the cooler with, um, everything that I needed, uh, got uh, everything packed away and I was pretty much ready to go at that point. So went to work and then started heading up, um, late in the afternoon on Friday in order to get up into Wisconsin. So the, the race started in Belleville, Wisconsin, and I was staying at a lovely bed and breakfast by myself called Cameo Rose. So I checked in there after, you know, a pretty easy drive up, quite frankly, um, way easier than I anticipated and talked to the owner, the host, Dawn, um, who owns it with her husband, Gary, and they do a fantastic job. So, I, I mean, honestly, I think Gretchen and I will go back there on our own. I really like the area and I love that B&B, &B, the breakfast, you know, was fantastic the next day and stuff. So. I really recommend uh, recommend them. It was it was really lovely, and they've got a ton of property. You could do a lot of hiking and nature walks, and um, they're right off the Badger Trail, so it's really a great location. Uh, so you actually ran by it later on. Um, oh, you no. said Badger Trail. I'm thinking because they called this the Badger Trail Race. Yeah, like not, no, okay. I, I didn't go that far. So <laughs> okay. if I was in one of the longer races, I'd have been really close to it. Maybe ah. half a mile away, but um, because I didn't do what, you know, I wasn't a hundred K or a hundred mile. I didn't get that close to it. Uh, so the trail's pretty long. The Badger Trail itself is pretty long. And it's also kind of a nexus. They, there's a couple of different trails that go off that you can go a pretty long way on their trail systems there. It's, it's pretty cool. And it even runs into the Ice Age Trail, which is really long. 
So if you want to do a bunch of, you know, kind of backpacking, it's it's an actually a pretty good area for that. Uh, hmm, but I digress. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I got up there and, and talked to her and she said, oh, you know, there's another runner that's staying here that's going to run the race also. And, um, you know, it'd be great for you guys to talk. And he, he's not, his wife couldn't make it either. So, you know, you guys can, uh, can chat about it. I'm like, oh, that's great. So at that point, you know, I'm checked in and I had some work to do and, and did that. And then I headed over to packet pickup. Uh, so packet pickup was very crowded. This is a, a race that had over 500 participants in it between all the six distances. And I didn't know what that would really mean. But, you know, people bring people to support them, right? So you have 500 runners. Then you have, for the longer races, crew and pacers. And then you have all the volunteers. It it was really, a, it was like a celebration. It was pretty cool. So, so there's... Paint a little bit of a picture here for me and, and your other listeners. Okay, where, when you say you went to pack a pickup, so this is a trail race. I'm, I'm making the assumption, could be completely wrong. Was this on the side of the trail? Was it at a park somewhere yeah. or expo center? What, where is it? Yeah, it's at the Belleville Community Park. So there's a, it's right, it's not far off the trail at all. You just had to go, I don't know, maybe again, quarter to a half a mile to, to get right onto the trail. It has um, a lot of space and includes a pond, like a man-made pond that you can swim and fish and float and kayak and all that good stuff in so at the end of the race if you wanted to jump in the water you'd have been able to which probably would have felt pretty good and it's like under a pavilion and you've got um, a bunch of basically a bunch of merchandise set up for the 10 junk miles podcast and the races uh, which exactly what you would expect there was um Corey Reese was there signing books, which was really cool. Um, Corey Reese is an ultra marathoner who has written a couple of different books that I would highly recommend. They're really motivational, really well written. And him and his wife were running the hundred miler and it was her idea. Quick aside, actually. So I knew he would be there because of listening to the 10 junk miles podcast. They talked to Corey's wife. Uh, Melanie and she wanted to do the race and basically told Corey he was going to do it with her surprise he was coming off <laughs> running Ball State so for anybody that doesn't know Ball State is a 314 mile jaunt through the hills and mountains of, of Tennessee so it is a eight day he did it in eight days six hours and there's two different ways you can do that race. You can do it crude or screwed. Crude is when you have people helping you, right? And kind of being in a van or whatever and coming along and, and helping you through things. Screwed is you got to figure it out on your own. And he did. So not that he didn't run with some people. He did. But they were on their own. And so eight days, six hours, and 314 miles later, and then the next week, you're hitting the trail with your wife for a hundred miler. So that's the kind of guy, that's the kind of guy he is though. Um, so I'm pretty his, sure, uh, I, I forgive me now jumping off and going into the past. 
Uh, Chris Valente did did that or attempted that, did it, you know, I don't remember, twice, I believe, two years in a row. And uh, I think he talked a little bit about that on the old E for E show. He did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Chris will definitely know all about that. So it was uh, it was great, though, because I, I did stand in line to meet Corey and, and buy both of his books um, and have him sign them. And he was very attentive. I mean, just like he's one of those guys that, has the ability to make you feel like you're the only person around, even though there's, you know, a couple of hundred people standing near you. So right. it was a really good experience meeting him and, and getting those. Got my got my packet, bought another ten junk miles hat. Um there was a color I didn't have. I had to I had to buy it. So Is it a special limited color? Did you need to get multiples? Uh, I didn't. I didn't get multiples in this at, at this time. What was nice for me is I wear these all the time to run and I'll wear them every once in a while out anyway, but they are the perfect running hat to me. And again, ain't broke. Don't fix it. So yep. I probably should go get some FMC <laughs> ones made, but you know, that would take effort. So a lot easier just to get these <laughs> for now. Yep. Um, so yeah, so I did that. And while I was picking up my packet, uh, I saw 10 junk miles founder host, Scott Coomer and introduced myself, which is way outside my, my comfort zone. And to my utter surprise, he said, Oh yeah, fat man chronicles. And I was blown away. I was literally speechless. I mean, the fact that he knew who I was at all was nice. And the fact that he knew that, you know, I had the podcast is really cool. So, um, I probably shouldn't be surprised. He's that type of guy. It seems, you know, when you listen to him, he's a, really open and um, very inviting guy. So that was really nice to meet him. Um, but there was a lot of people there and almost everyone was with somebody. As a matter of fact, I, I couldn't point out somebody that was solo other than me. So probably was, but it just didn't look like it. Right. Cause they probably knew yeah. somebody or whatever. So I left. So I kind of did my thing and, and left and went back to the B&B to drop off my stuff. Um, and I had asked her for a dinner recommendation earlier and went to a place called old schoolhouse. And I can't, I don't know how they say the name of this town. Um, Paoli or Paoli, but either way, it was a fantastic dinner on Friday night. So I just kind of went to the bar and, and ordered and, I knew I wanted that to be kind of a bigger, a bigger meal for me, a couple of days out from the race, and nope. I had a beef Wellington, uh, and it was really really good. So, highly recommend the schoolhouse if you're out in that area. And every all this stuff, um, Rob, to kind of give you a lay of the land is th this stuff's all within <laughs> 15 minutes of of each other, and okay. even if you're gonna go to a, a fairly more famous place there is called New Glarus. And that's, again, right off the Badger State Trail. And it, even that's maybe 15, 20 minutes uh, down the road. And New Glarus is famous because it's um, got a brewery, New Glarus Brewery. And there you can only buy those beer, buy that beer in Wisconsin. And they've got one called Spotted Cow that everybody goes nuts for. So... 
Um, and it's also just a really cool kind of older community. Really good place to go. I didn't visit it this time around because I had other things to do, but yeah. it was available. So that kind of gets me through the night. And then I just kind of go back and read a little bit and go to sleep. And then on Saturday morning, wake up for the at the B&B and uh, I went out for a run first. And as I was coming back in, I saw a guy sitting on the porch and he said, yo, a fellow runner. And I introduced myself. He's like, you know, hey, my name is Dave and introduced myself and said, hey, we'll, we'll talk more at breakfast. Um, so the breakfast, as you'd expect from a and b was just absolutely fantastic. You know? So was it like uh, actual food cooked to order? It wasn't oh, a box yeah. of donuts? It was not a box of donuts. It was, she had made like this yogurt parfait to start. And there was, there was courses involved, including an ice cream dessert at the end. So um, it was really, really good. Uh, breakfast so i highly recommend like i said cameo rose definitely recommend staying there and you'll love the breakfast just be ready to eat a lot that's that's all i could say uh, on that challenge accepted yeah right uh so we're sitting there and so i just dave and i started talking and i just asked him hey how do you how'd you know about the race do you listen to the podcast and he said well not not sort of He's like, my niece is one of the, the hosts. She's from here and she's one of the hosts. And I'm like, oh, Holly. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, yeah, Holly, I'm, I'm her uncle Dave. And so it was really just interesting to, to meet him. So when we started talking, we just had a really good talk. And there was another couple at the table who was a little bit quieter um, at first. And it turned out when the, when we got him talking that, the woman was a runner and she had qualified for Boston. And so she was a really good runner and, um, or fast runner, I should say. And that was really cool. So we got a nice conversation and Dave said he was going to go meet up at the aid station that Holly was cap, uh, the captain at. And I said, again, remember this is outside my comfort zone. So I'm really trying this weekend I said, yep. Hey, do you mind if I hitch a ride with you and go <laughs> over there? And he said, sure, that'd be great. He's like, it'd be much better than just being alone. So we did that and went over there and I introduced myself to Holly or he introduced me to Holly and it was nice to see her, got a picture and, and, it's, and I let her, I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a patron too. And she's like, wait, what's your last name? And as soon as I said it, she knew and that was really nice. And she had to, you know, root through all the people with the same last name because it's so common out there. Right, right, right exactly. Um, so, and I don't use like an alias. A lot of people just use like an alias or a funny thing when they're patrons yeah. on that show. Uh, but I don't, I just like my name for, at least for now, you never know, might get creative someday. So we're standing there and, and I kind of soaking it in and meeting some other relatives of theirs and cheering on runners coming through. And it was really busy, like at that point. So at that point we're at, um, what would be the nine mile mark of the race that I ran. So all the races started from that Bellevue community park, except the hundred milers started in Illinois and it had to, I think Orangeville because of the nature of it being an outback and, and out again to finish 
where everybody else did. So, so what, wait, no, real quick. They were the one who did out, back, and out, or were multiple yes. race distances just theirs? Okay. Yeah, the, everybody else was just out and back. Got it. So that's how we were. So at that point, we're at a nexus, right? So we're, we're nine miles, 33. So we're, let's just call it 24 miles in for the 100 miler, right? Yep. And we're at nine miles in for the 100K. And they had started, uh, or if the 100K was coming back, right? Depending if they were super fast, I guess it may have. No, that couldn't have been. Possibly. Gosh, I guess it could have been. But the, the point being that there was a lot of runners coming through, which was awesome to see. And also standing there was um, a guy named Dusty Olson. And Dusty Olson may not be a, a household name, but if you're an ultra runner fan or if you're a fan of the book like Born to Run, Dusty is mentioned in that multiple times because he's fast. <laughs> he has had yeah. a heck of an ultra running career and, um, you know, ran with the likes of Scott Jurek for years. And, um, you know, Dusty was a, a skiing prodigy when he was young and, you know, he was really good at that. So it was uh, interesting to be able to meet him. And, you know, I've read about him, heard him on shows, heard him interviewed um, on 10 junk miles and such and read about him. And it was great to, to get to meet him. And we were just kind of standing around talking for a good hour plus and got to see him do his first shot of Malort. And I took a video of that and posted it. Um, Malort is a Chicago liquor that, you know, it's not the tastiest thing in the world. It's a little wicked. And uh, while we were standing there too, another legend of the ultra running world named Tom Green came by and Tom Green is special um, in many ways, but in 2015, he had um, a brain injury and came back and started running again a couple of years later and, and is doing hundred mile races by pushing like, um, like a jogging stroller okay. and he has like lights on it and he has to hold on to it for balance. I was just going to ask you why was he carrying stuff, but you answered it. Continue. Yeah. So he's got like big lights across it and, you know, to see him come through was just incredible. And I thought he just walked, but he runs too. So, I mean, and, and I don't, I'm not sure exactly how old Tom is, but I know that he was running in the eighties. Um, so I want to say he's at least in his sixties, if not getting close into the seventies. Um, I probably should have looked that up, but. Either way, super inspiring and awesome to see. And and this is all happening before I even get to my race. So it's a lot more than I expected um, as we hung out there for about two and a half hours. The, it was warm that day, as you can expect, in August. And I was starting to get a little bit tired. Um, so we're, we, st we stayed there for a good two and a half hours or so. And then finally, Dave was like, hey, let's let's take off. So mm -hmm. we did that, uh, got back, and I just went and found something to eat. And then, frankly, I came back to the room and just relaxed because I laid down. I was really tired, and I didn't want to be on my feet too much longer because I was on my feet the entire time we were at that aid station. So I, I wanted to make sure that I was really well rested. And so I kind of just 
after I grabbed that big thing to eat, that was really it. Um, I just kind of went to went to bed, not not too long after that. So I mean, I was laying down pretty early uh, in the day, and did you actually get to sleep or just laid down, relaxed, and finally got a little bit of rest. Yeah, I did that, and then but I did go to I did try to start going to sleep, you know, pretty early about. 8.30 or so because I knew I wanted to get up around 3.15, somewhere between 3.15 and 3.45. Um, but as often happens the night before a race, the sleep was a little restless. And I ended up waking up about 1 in the morning and stayed awake for a good 45 minutes and then finally got back to sleep and then woke up around 3.45, which was perfect for me because mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to leave and get over to the race start, I want to leave around 6 a.m. The race start was at 7 a.m. on Sunday. So I got up and I did my normal routine of uh, getting everything ready, shaking up the Morton, getting my pack ready, getting water in my backpacks uh, or in the vest bladder, uh, drinking the copious amounts of cold brew coffee. And I typically try to run at the beginning fasted. I just feel better when I do. And I uh, I have tried fueling and eating before races, but it doesn't always do well for me. So on this one, I decided just to go with my, my fasting strategy, and it was perfect. I was out the door at exactly 6, all packed, because I had to get everything packed up, right? I couldn't check out late from the B&B. So I had everything packed and in the trunk, and I was I was out by right at 6 o'clock and got over to the venue, which was phenomenal. So... Good. Uh, got over there. Easy. Parking space was no problem. Pulled right in. And then learned that I needed a chip, which I had no idea. There was no mention of a chip at pickup, at packet pickup. No mention in their handbook. So I was kind of surprised that we needed a chip because the 100K and 100 mile runners did not have one. So... I'm not sure that why. That you saw or they didn't have them? No, they didn't have them. They okay. Didn't. Yeah, they for sure didn't have them. So I'm not exactly sure why that was. And there was no live tracking. So I don't know. I mean, it, it is what it is. It's It was just an oddity. It, it was no big deal. Um, I'm going to dig a little deeper just for my curiosity on that. Were there any mats for you to cross out on the track that yep. gave you splits? Yes, there are. So if okay. you, the results are up. So if you go look, you'll see splits um, okay. uh, for them. But it was just, I just thought it was a little weird. But it, also it was something I had never done before. And maybe, Rob, you had a lot more races than me. But it was it was almost like this, um, just a little bit smaller than a credit card. A couple of holes. Um, and they gave you like garbage twist ties. Okay. To kind of put through your laces and through the thing. It was pretty easy, um, but kind of given how inexpensive chip technology is and how easy it is to put them in bibs now, you know, just that strip that goes on those, I was just kind of surprised by the way that that was. So maybe that'll be an adjustment they do for the future. They just buy the timing mats. and. I've never seen, like you're saying, the credit card ones. I've seen the back of the bib ones. I've seen the chips that go on the shoe. I've also seen what almost looks like, like when I say like a wristband, you get it like a concert yep. Yep. or a bar, yeah. but like, but not, not for your wrist. They go on your shoe and yeah. get looped as well. I've seen those. I've never seen the credit card ones. Though. Yeah, me either. 
And so they're reusable. So you got to give them back, right? It kind of reminded me of the old days where you'd have to give back that kind of plastic round mm-hmm. chip, you know, um, that you would utilize. Usually it was like zip ties they would give you um, to put through, like little zip ties or something. But yeah, it was kind of strange. But good thing somebody said something. Or I saw Dave actually, and he's like, hey, you got to go get a chip. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and so the <laughs> car next to me, they were. There was like four of them, and they're like, wait, what? What do we have to do? And I'm like, I guess we got to go get a chip. So I went and got got one, came back, and they're like, oh, that was true? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, you better go. So yeah, Surprise. Yeah, so they went over there, and at about – and I just kind of stayed in the car, kind of stayed cool for as long as I could, made sure I just had everything with me, double-checked everything, um, and got out to the starting line. and. About six, probably 40 or so. Then they gave, uh, they did the national anthem and they gave some instructions. Which what were the instructions? Run that way, turn around when it's your turn, come back. Yeah, they, it was basically like, so the trail is straight. Make sure you go over the blue mats. And again, the, the trail is straight. It, it's a rail trail. So, you know, think like, what would a train do? Train would go straight. Trains don't go left. Trains don't go right. Just follow the path. So that's what I, but I guess you could go off course. I I don't know how, but you could. Um, But that was like the extent of it. There wasn't a lot going on. Um, And then we were off. Michelle Hartwig of Ornery Mule Racing. She's a race director that's got several races, um, several hundred milers and stuff. The Hennepin 100 being the one that I'm most familiar with personally. Um, she sent us off on our way, and here we go. So I had a run-walk strategy that I talked about and had that on my watch. I had turned the heart rate off because I was just not sure that the watch would make it through if I had the heart rate on. And I'd rather have kind of all the other data without the heart rate for me because yeah, that was just what I wanted. So I got going and it was pretty crowded and some people took off, like really took off. And I was towards the back and I don't, didn't really bother me. And I kept that up and, uh, I did that for about three miles or so. And then I, I caught up with, um, a woman who was running and she was about the same speed as me. I was, I started out in like the 13, 10 to 13, 30 range per mile, which was right on exactly what I wanted to do. Okay. And when I caught up to her, I said hi and she, you know, we just started chatting and then, you know, she was going at about a 1330 to 1345 pace running, like taking no walk breaks. And I thought, well, I could do that. Maybe I'll run with her for a while. So we just started running together and right around the three, maybe just after the three mile mark. And a little while later, maybe a mile, another mile and a half or so, we came to the tunnel, that the Stewart Tunnel, and that's what the race is named after, and it's this quarter-mile tunnel that curves, and when you get in into it, it's really, it gets much cooler, and actually, as you approach the tunnel, it's much cooler. I was surprised at, like, how far out that, that nice, cool... Breeze, um, air, yeah. yeah yeah, it just like kind of made all the air just cooler, and um, it it the 
I thought the tunnel, okay, maybe it's overhyped. It's not. It's really interesting to go through that tunnel. And it's even having the phone flashlight, which is really bright. I almost wished I had a headlamp just for that tunnel um, to just see better. Because when once you got into it, it was very dark. And when you got in the middle, you literally could see, you could not see either end of the tunnel. So there was no light at all. And that's really cool. Yeah, so that part lived up to the hype. It did. Totally lived up to the hype. And, you know, up to that point, the, the trail is really nice. Um, it was mowed because there's a lot of grass, kind of ground cover. Um, but it was mowed. And it's either that ground cover or kind of like a little pea gravel with dirt and well-maintained, well-kept up. So we got to that point and, and we uh, stuck together. So, you know, I was... I was really, really happy with uh, with that, really, uh, in terms of being able to run with somebody. And um, she was really, really easy to talk to. Her name was um, Lisa and very, very easy to talk to. So when we were running, you know, I asked her about how she knew about the race and stuff. It, she's like, oh, I listen to the podcast, but I only listen. They have two different types. They have long runs, which is Scott interviewing somebody one on one. And then they have gang shows where. There's a lot more debauchery with a big group of them kind of talking and drinking and laughing. And, and it, I like both, but she listens to just that. And then she's like, oh, and, you know, my husband's been on the show several times, Jameson Swift. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah. Oh, wait, I know exactly who you two are. And they put on a winter ultra. They just started um, called the St. Croix 40 mile um, winter ultra. So I've heard that talked about on the show. So it's kind of cool as you start meeting people that have been on the show and, you know, they're all in the same circles. Um, so it was really interesting. And I have to tell you, her attitude just about running and the consistency, the way she was running. I mean, it was really, really awesome. And we ran together for about the next 10 miles or so. So so just a little bit of time, because, I mean, for you, I mean, you're clipping those down at what, like seven minute miles now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm still running. We're we're running pretty consistently in that 13:30 to 13:45 pace. Um, and we get to our first aid station at 5.5 miles in, the, the just after the tunnel, and refill water. I don't take any food at that point, and you know we're kind of in and out of there pretty fast. And the next aid station is about three and a half miles away. And that's where I had hung out the day before. So that's Holly's aid station at mile nine. And it was great. <laughs> we got to that one. We're still feeling really good. And there I got to see um, Denise Soriel, who um, we call the Marathon Whisperer. She's run over 100 marathons. She's written a great book called Me and You in 26.2. If you're a beginning marathoner, highly recommend getting that book that Denise wrote. It's very, very good. And might need to have her on the show here. Pete. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, definitely. We're going to do that. And, and here's the, the kicker. I had reached out to Denise before because um, she went to Oak Forest. So that's where I went. So we were just three years apart um, at the same high school. And um, her brother, Mike was a, an awesome cross country runner and um, right around my age. So, it was really cool to to meet her in person. And, 
right away as soon as I introduced myself, she remembered me like fellow Bengal and we took a picture together and um, it was really cool. So that was fun. And, you know, again, just got a little bit more water, made sure that we were filled up. And I can't remember if I grabbed, I think I might have grabbed like a couple of pretzels or something at that aid station um, just to have a little bit of salt. It just sounded good at the time. And we took back off together. Um, uh, we did. So now at this point, how long are you, you, you've hit what, two aid stations? How long two, are you, how long are you staying at each? Um, not, not that long. You know, I would say the first aid station, it was maybe a minute and a half, maybe the next aid station, maybe a little bit longer, but not that much. Um, maybe a couple of minutes. Um, because we were, you know, because of, you know, seeing Denise and saying hi to Holly and, you know, it was just the, the atmosphere. That's the one thing I'll say about at least at this race, the atmosphere at these aid stations was so awesome. You didn't want to leave them like they were yeah. just so nice and welcoming and helpful. Um, but they're also they'll give you the kick in the pants like all of them are like no drops. <laughs> you can't drop here. Get out. So, um, yeah, we took off and and. The next aid station is just another four, a little over four miles up the road, right at the half marathon point. And when we got there, um, Lisa, I think at that point, she was having maybe a blister issue and needed to take a look. Um, I was kind of feeling good and, and went ahead. And at that point, you know, we weren't running together, but I knew I'd see her because the, the turnaround was just a, you know, another two and a half ish miles up the road at 15 and a half miles. So I kind of went up there. I started doing some Facebook lives around there and I felt, I felt really great. Um, I did go back more into a run walk when I was on my own, just cause I didn't trust myself to keep the pace. Well, um, I was afraid I'd go too fast and I think I did a couple of times and caught myself and, and just got into a rhythm got to the turnaround, took a picture of the turnaround sign and started heading back. And I think at that point when we got when I got back to that aid station, I think that they had some hash browns that sounded really good and took some of that. That sounds really good right now. So I'm sure I'm assuming halfway through uh, an ultra that had to sound good. Yeah, it sounded really nice and so I had I had that. I refilled my water um got a little bit of ice in there and then I got a I one of my Mortons was gone at this point so I went ahead and got the other one out and shook it up and got that one all prepared so I'd had I I had gone through a full one and part of another one of the Mortons so I had about the perfect amount left to to get through the rest of the race and I was still feeling okay at this point but what happened right before I got to that aid station is the sun finally got above the trees. So it started out, I, I didn't really mention weather too much, but it started out probably mid-60s with a dew point in the mid-60s also. Um, so it was it was pleasant. It was a little sticky, but it was pleasant. It okay. started to get hot, but even when it was getting hot, when the, the sun was below the tree line, it was warm, but it was tolerable. So... It got into the 80s probably by, I want to say, about four hours into the race. So probably around 11. It starts to get into the 80s. 
and it had just been kind of going up and up. And then right around that, that time that I got to about mile 18-ish, the sun had gotten above the trees. And at that point, it's about mid-80s with a dew point around 68. And that was warm. And it's the sun that does it. If there would have been cloud cover with those temperatures, I don't think it would have bothered me as much. But it was warm. I'm sorry, go ahead. Any wind? Not much wind to speak of, no. There really is not a breeze. Um, so it was so just protected. that relentless sun. Yes. You're just okay. getting beat down with sun. So at that point, I knew mm, I'm in for a lot of walking because I just know myself and how it kind of works. So I started doing some, you know, run walk, but I would walk for longer stretches as needed. Started yo-yoing with a few people. I did see, you know, some people like, you know, everybody was just so friendly, right? You're high five and you're encouraging and, you know, you're seeing hundred mile runners out there, some hundred K runners. 50 mile runners, 50 K runners. And then, then you start seeing the marathoners and, and half marathoners just kind of whip by you because yeah. you know, a little bit less distance and they're fresh and, yep. and stuff. So, you know, I started to feel it and the trudge between the, the aid stations became a little bit more. And when I got to, um, now, I assume you're going to tell us a little more because you just called it the trudge between. So you're getting a little bit tired. I So here's the interesting part. I felt really good. I was just really hot. And my legs were starting to feel it at around, probably around the 20 mile point, which is exactly what you expect, right? That's what happens in marathons too. That 18 mm-hmm. to 22 miles is really rough in a marathon. Well, it's no different in in this one between 18 and 22, my legs are feeling it, but I don't know how to explain it, Rob. Like it was difficult, but I was, I was having a blast right in the marathon. Like those first, whatever it was, 16 miles. Like I had a great time. Like you and I were having a great time when I tweaked my back, it kind of became miserable and it became just tough. Like it, and it, but it wasn't like I wasn't liking it. It's just that I was in pain, right? Yeah. Here, yeah. I had no pain. I had some, uh, I mean, it was very, very warm, which is not pleasant, but I really was just having fun. I was enjoying myself. Like I bet I was smiling or what, like I didn't have negative thoughts in this race at all. I don't think I had, I honestly, I don't think I had a single negative thought in the race. So that is fantastic. When I say trudge, I just mean like it's, it's flipping hot out there, right? And I ended up having to do way more walking, but I'm not sauntering. I want to be clear. Like I'm not walking at like 20, 20 minute miles here. I am head down trying to move it. Right. So my walking pace was anywhere from eh, at times it got below 14, but for the most part, somewhere between 14 and 16 minute miles, which at five foot eight and short legged, you know, that's a pretty good pace for me. Um, Okay. Yep. And so when I got to the, Eight station went um, back to Holly, so I knew at that point there's a little over nine miles to go. What uh, you know, and I see her, and she's like, "What do you need?" You know, and it's I've never been to any of these races. I want to go volunteer now because I want to be the person helping. Um, as long as I don't have to look at your feet, I saw way more f- bad foot things going on in these races than I ever need to see again. 
But the I forgot oh, that about you until you said that. Yeah, I hate feet. So that's not great with ultras. But anyway, um, the you know I I just needed ice. I just wanted a backpack full of ice at that point. And Holly's like, got it. And she goes and and gets a bunch of ice and you know we're putting it in a pack and you know I look down into the cooler and there I see a nutty buddy. So little little Debbie, those chocolate covered like wafers with peanut butter in them. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, I love those. That's like one of my favorite things in the world. I'm like, nutty buddy. She's like, yeah, they're nice and cold. Do you want one? I'm like, yes. <laughs> one. I want every one you have. Right. I, I know. One. Well, my stomach's telling me that, right? So I'm like, okay. So I um, I take it and I start eating it and I'm like, this is great. And I get through like the equivalent of like a full one, like one of them, not like both bars, but one of the bars. Yeah. Um, And I'm like, ooh, I can't, I can't have any more of that. I'm, <laughs> I think I'm, you know, kind of getting a little nauseous. And so, um, and, and it wasn't like a negative thought at all. It was just like, Hey, you probably should stop. And I did, you know, I hated wasting it, but at that, at that moment in time, I really didn't think it was a good idea to have any more. I had grabbed like a few potato chips also at that. And I ate those and that was a little better for me. And I just kind of took off and started going again. And by that point, I'm kind of yo-yoing with a couple of people. They were really nice. Um, I think his name was Michael. Um, we could look at the results because he came flying by me at the end. It was funny. It was just like a joke between us. Like we kept <laughs> passing and then like he'd come like, all right, they're going to catch me. So he was with a woman named uh, Bertha. They were really nice. Talked a bunch. Um, and kept going and i want to say got to the net it, it was a long way to the next aid station and i don't think i did no running between them so about whatever that about three and a half miles or so i did no running and i'm like when i got to that last aid station i'm like i need to make sure i fill up again with ice they also had a dunk, like a little dunking station set up for your hat so you could put it in ice cold water and put it back on, yeah. which was fantastic. Um, and then she had like um, those flavor pop, like popsicles, but they're like in that plastic, just like a stick, right? Um, yeah. But they were melted, but I'm like, eh, it still sounds kind of good. And I had about half of one of those. Again, I got about half of everything. And... Uh, and that tasted pretty good. Uh, the Morton is still doing okay. But, it, you know, I'm starting to feel fatigued at this point. So i got about five and a half miles to go, and I'm feeling the fatigue, no doubt. Um, and I don't think it was a fueling issue. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Okay. I think it was just getting zapped by all. I mean, the sun was just relentless. I don't think it went behind a cloud. Um, and it was just beaten down. And I'm like, okay, so... What am I going to do? So I start thinking about it. I'm kind of doing some math. I'm like, look, I didn't think I'd get under eight and a half hours. If I walk this in, I'm going to be really close to that. So why stress out at that point? And just kind of do what you want to do. And that's kind of the mindset that I had. So at that point, I, I started taking off. And um, I was talking with uh, with people. And then... Uh, Lisa caught up again and went by and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of feeling okay. I'm like, 
I might catch up to her and see if she'll run, you know, with me again for a little while. Mm -hmm. And, and I did. And it was kind of right after the tunnel again. So that, you know, we went back through the tunnel and actually an older gentleman had kind of sped up to, to catch up to me. He was doing the marathon, but he had lost his, his, uh, light. So he's like, Hey, Uh can I go through the tunnel with you? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And I was talking with him and he's done a ton of these, like he's never done a 50 K, but he's done a ton of marathons and you know, it's, kind of fun kind of cool get through see her and then i decided to start running and i and it was at that point where all of a sudden like i had energy again and now my legs at this point are are starting to get trashed right i mean they're feeling every step but yeah from a, an endurance perspective like i got a second wind and i've read about this and heard about this where people say in an ultra whether you feel bad or you feel good, don't worry, it'll pass. And yep. it did. And all of a sudden, like, I felt like I could have run another 20 miles, like, from an energy standpoint. So I think that that comes with being fat adapted for the most part. And that's why I think my fueling was just fine. You don't need to fuel every calorie back in one of these things when, you have, when you're fat adapted because your body's used to utilizing fat for, for energy. And that's where I was at. Cause I really wasn't taking in much energy um, in terms of Morton at that point. And it wasn't that I, I was getting sick or anything or feeling nauseous. It's just that I didn't feel I needed it. I felt great. Yeah. Um, but that again passed and I did catch up with Lisa. <laughs> we were going and we ended up doing like the whole trail together, just not in the same direction. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, most of it one way and then this last part the other way. Um, and I felt good. It got zapped a little bit, but then it came back again and I felt good. And I'm like, hey, I, I think I might run for a while. And she's like, you know, I'm kind of tapped out, but, you know, you go for it. And she's like, I want to have that. I want to have it in me to run it in, you know, the last stretch after the bridge. I'm like, cool. So that's what 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 we did and and I and I took off and I was catching a couple of people ahead including that that gentleman who had gone ahead of me after the tunnel yeah and then there was another person he was with who had kind of picked up her dog <laughs> to come run across the line with her and I started like I could have passed them probably but there was no reason to and I didn't want to ruin their finish line photos so I just kind of eased off yeah right and I I just stopped and Kind of said, you guys go ahead. And then that's when the guy came flying by me. <laughs> and he's like, I caught you. <laughs> and it was great. Like, I'm like, you go. Like, I'm applauding him. I'm like, it was, yeah. it was fantastic. Um, And so, you know, across the line, uh, eight minutes or eight, eight minutes, eight hours, 12 minutes and some odd seconds later. And um, felt pretty good. And after the finish line got my medal from from Scott and a hug and uh you know said you know hey could I grab a picture with you guys or I went and got a quick cup of water because there was a bunch of people finishing all at once and so Lisa was only a couple of minutes behind me um and then right behind her was another woman that we I had seen on the trail a few times who finished at like 8 16 and Rob not only was it her first 50k it was her first race how do you go from nothing to that? She only she told me she started running two months before. I'm like, you're insane. Yeah. So, I mean, you feel. I don't know. It just makes me wonder, like, what natural abilities I lack. 
considering how long I've trained <laughs> to get to this point. And this person just goes couch to 50K in two months. But, you know, good for her. Yeah, um, eight weeks. Yeah. Uh, and one of them's probably a taper. Yeah, well, probably not. Probably doesn't know any different, right? Yeah. But either way, it was it was good. It was good. But uh, I ended up getting picture with Scott and Adam, who are the two race directors and, and hosts of Ton Junk Miles then. Um, Rachel took that picture for us. Then she ducked in and I took a selfie that included her, which she's another one of the hosts. So I ended up meeting all four hosts of, of, uh, 10 junk miles, which was, and at that point, did you completely fanboy out a little bit, but it, it was so crowded, you know, and there was so much going on. They had so much to do that. I didn't have a lot of time, so it was good. I couldn't completely embarrass myself. So I think the, the restraining order will be minimal. So it's, it's not too bad. Um, but I do have proof that, you know, I, I met him and had some fun. Uh, and then I my plan when I was out there was, like, you know, I'd love to stick around and cheer people in. And I really would love have loved to do that. But I only took in maybe, I want to say maybe a, somewhere between 1,000 and 1,100 calories total. Right. And I, it was hot, as I've said, probably 75 times now. I just went to my car. I went to my car, I got, you know, the things I needed out of the, out of the trunk and got that air conditioning on and just started driving to, to start heading home. And, uh, that's just what I needed to do at that, at that point in time. And luckily the car got cool pretty quickly. There was some accident or something must've been at the time. So the GPS started routing me a bunch of kind of back roads and stuff which was good and bad. It was good because it was easy driving and no traffic. It was bad because there was, and I was talking to you at, at, at the point in time where I'm like, there's been no restaurants <laughs> and one yep. gas station that I figured, well, there has to be more. And I just went by it. And so it took a quite a while before I finally found a McDonald's and I posted about that. That never was happier to see a McDonald's in my life. And, uh, See, I wanted a picture of like you, selfie, Big Mac, fries, everything, <laughs> and you just put the you know, metal on the table. I know. Oh, okay. Well, part of that was because the um, it was not, it was not the most appetizing looking McDonald's. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> could have used the deep cleaning. Could have used a little cleaning. You know, the fries could have used being I don't know hot. That would have been nice. So for me, they not to eat McDonald's. At some point. What's that? They were fresh at some point. At some point they were. Look, so I, I, I will, I will. Truth be told, I did order the Big Mac combo, knowing I wanted a Big Mac, I wanted fries, and for the first time, and I can't tell you how long, I wanted Coca Cola. It just sounded good, and I never, ever, ever drink that stuff, but I did, and it was. The, the Coke was fantastic. It was exactly what I needed. I ate the Big Mac. I ate, I don't know, maybe not even half the fry. I mean, hot McDonald's fries, nothing better. Cold, nothing worse. Like, I, I just, yep. they're not even worth, not even worth taking them in. So at that point, well, knowing. I agree with you on the, on the cold, uh, you know, for me, it, uh, I'd rather have Burger King. See, I don't, don't like their, I don't like their fries. Mm, fries, Whopper. I like better. the Whopper. Uh, 
hearing myself echo. And their milkshakes used to be, uh, or they would take the vanilla and put the chocolate syrup in. I don't know if they still do that or not. It's been a while since I've had one. Where, at McDonald's? Um, at Burger King. Oh, at Burger King, yeah. So, I mean, there wasn't a Burger King available anyway, so. Gotcha, um, yep. But uh, I did, when I left, I did order a medium chocolate milkshake also. And that was glorious. And then drove home, which was unbelievable. And then, <laughs> See, the one part you forgot to tell people here was uh, you were on the phone with me whenever you were getting to the McDonald's, and there was a slight concern over whether you were going to be able to get out of the car. Oh, yes. And then, and then even more of a concern whenever you couldn't find your wallet. Yeah, that's true. I was afraid about getting out, and then it did. I did have a panic because it was not where I normally put it. Um, but I did find it thankfully, which is why I was able to eat and I didn't need to get gas on the way back. That was the nice part. I'm not, it's not that far. It's only about two and a half hour drive from where I live to, to Belleville when there's no traffic. So that was nice. Um, so yeah, uh, got home and was able to walk inside, which is good. I was able to walk upstairs and, uh, Gretchen did go get me some, I thought I would be done eating, but I was not. I was not done eating uh, for about a day and a half. She went mm-hmm. and got me some Thai food that night. I had some pad thai and some egg rolls. I only ate part of the pad thai. The next morning, I was like, I, I have not woken up that hungry in forever. So Just ravenous and empty feeling? Yes. I mean, like, desperately hungry. And so I dropped off Michaela at school and I stopped at um, Dunkin' Donuts on the way back and got a cold brew and an egg and cheese on an English muffin and two donuts. Ate all that and said, and I texted Gretchen, like, I could have eaten six more donuts. Like, I was starving. So I got through that, then ended up eating the rest of the pad thai for lunch. And then at dinner, I'm embarrassed to tell you how much I ate at dinner last night. Three really? baby carrots. I, I wish. I mean, all right, I, I'll, I'm going to go full on admitting here. I ate at Portillo's, one of my favorite places. I ate a cheeseburger, a hot dog, a large cheese fry, and a piece of lemon cake. That is as many calories as I would take in normally in like a day and a half. Like it's, it it was enormous. And then we got home. I was still hungry. I ate a bowl of frosted flakes and some Pringles. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Now here's the good part. I've only had coffee today, so I'm back at it. But for that day and a half, I could not get full. I just couldn't get satisfied. I was so, so hungry. I had to have been in a massive deficit state that my body was saying, feed me crap and feed me crap now. And I, you know, I obliged. So you, you were uh, willing to listen to that. I was willing to listen to that. Yeah. I mean, at least it was really, uh, for Portillo's, it was really good fast food. (laughs) It's, uh, Portillo's is just one of my favorite places. So, um, not a chain I'm familiar with. I'll have to take your word for it. Well, it's it's a Chicago thing, although they've branched out a little bit, but mostly Chicago. But Rob, really, we should get you some Portillos when you're here. You would. I'll be there for a few days. We can like, can make that happen. Yeah, we should we should make sure that happens. So we were just talking about that too. That we're looking forward to 
uh, to when you guys are here again uh, for the for the marathon in a few months. And it's not a kids weekend this time, though, um, which actually kind of makes it a little bit easier. But I always like having the kids around, especially with the with the marathon. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're going to we're going to maybe do one of these ultra things again. So in the end, you know, I'm assuming that people are wondering, like, would I do it again uh, mm. for the four of you out there listening? The answer is yes, I would. I would do so this now race the big again. question. That that's one of them. When, how soon, or would you be considering doing it again? You're looking to maybe get another one in this year and stay trained, or are you gonna say, well, obviously, that if you did this one, it'd be next year. So, like, what are your thoughts? What what is next for Pete? I mean, you told us last show a little bit about some or uh, upcoming races that you have to planned. Right. Does this change any plans? No, it doesn't. I, I have those two things planned. So um, I will do some 5K training now uh, going for a PR. And then I will be doing hill training, getting ready for a, the half marathon um, in Nebraska, the back-to-back half marathon, four-miler in Nebraska. And I have to say, I'm I'm pretty confident now that I'll be able to do that one. I wasn't. I don't know. I was. So you saw how you did on this. You were worried about the back to back in that short yeah. time frame. Yeah. It's night and morning, correct? Uh. One night and then the no one's the following morning. You know that's a good question. I have no idea. I assume it's afternoon or morning morning, but I don't know. Um, oh. I should probably go look that up. Wait, which one's first? The, the half one. marathon. Okay, then probably not a night half marathon. I, I apologize. I thought it was like the five. K or something. I had it backwards. I thought the 5K was on the night before, and then the next morning was the long one. But I'm wrong. Yeah, I think it's just morning, morning, because I think it's the half marathon ish, and then the four miler. Um, so yeah, I I would. I I'm gonna do those, and I don't think I would do another 50K this year. I'm I need to decide kind of what I want next year to look like, in terms of doing ultra versus doing a marathon because i think i want to go tackle a marathon again um I just my opinion is it? both what's that my opinion is both oh i think do I the should... marathon and then a few weeks later do your ultra use your mar- do a marathon that fits in with whatever your ultra it's going to be and use it as a training run yeah i may i may very well do that i i need to kind of look at schedules and and try to figure it out i'm I think the next one I would like to tackle would be in cooler weather, but I would do this one again just because of the atmosphere. It's fun. And now I've got a, I've got a time I could go for, right? Yeah. Something to compare it to and and try to work towards. Right. I mean, now knowing, knowing that I was able to do this in, in a little over in the eight hours, 12 minutes plus range, I think I could get this under I think I could get down closer to seven and a half um, if I continue to do heat training and getting more used to it and, and making sure that I've, I've got more <laughs> miles under my belt. I think I could be a lot better because when I made that turn, I felt really good. And I think if that weather would have stayed the way it was, like if it was more even, uh, I think I would have been sub eight, no doubt. And I think I'd have been sub 745. Well, another year of training on this as well, you're going to inevitably uh, get probably get a little faster, even if it's 
just five seconds a mile, that adds up over 30 miles. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I definitely know that. And I could probably do way more running um, also. And, you know, a lot of this was confidence, right? I mean, this this helped a lot with my confidence in terms of how I look at myself as a as a runner and an athlete. I I did more than I thought I could. I mean, I said I thought 830 was like the absolute best I could get out of this and come in, you know, nearly 18 minutes under that. That's that's pretty darn fun. <laughs> that's oh, that's a lot of fun. I, I said to you, you beat my time. Well, completely different, right? Because you were way more elevation. Well, water whatever. crossings. Leave, leave that out of it for now. Hey, did, you know, just saying you beat my time. <laughs> yeah. Take the, I, take the win, Pete. Uh, well, different races. I, I think that this would be one. This actually would be a race I'd love to see, you know, what somebody like you could accomplish. Because I think it fits in a lot with how you could I think you could run this really well, kind of just given how you train and where you train. I think you would crush this race. Um, I mean, but heat's the great equalizer with all this stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it can be brutal. <laughs> so. have, have your people call my people and let's make some plans. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And so the other thing that I thought about is would I want to do more than, than 50K? And right now I just, I think the answer for me is no seeing the look on the faces of the people doing a hundred K and a hundred miles, they did not look like they were having as much fun as I was. So for the hundred mile, did they give away a buckle? They did. A very oh. cool buckle. So now you got me intrigued for next year. One of two things. Do I just do the marathon to knock off that state or do I go big? I don't know. We've got a year to figure it out. You, we got time to figure it out. Well, the buckle's really cool, and they if you were running the 100, they even gave you a belt to put that buckle on. Ooh, so fancy. Yeah, super fancy. Um, but, yeah, they did a great job. So 10 Junk Miles Racing, this is their first time they've ever put on a race as race directors. They did a great job. So Scott and, and Adam, congrats on a great race. Um, Rachel, um, Holly, and the other aid state, station captains and – and crew and volunteer, you guys did an awesome job. Uh, I would highly recommend this as a as a race to do. And you don't have to do 50K. There's a half marathon and a marathon um, potentially in there too. So Hold on, Pete. This is starting to sound like a little bit of a call to action to try to get everybody on board to do this next year at some distance. You know, Is that what you're leaning towards here? It is. I mean, it's, it's Midwest. It's pretty well centralized. And it's easy to get to, and it's a lot of fun. And you know, if we got, if we can make a big meetup, uh, you know, some FMC listeners, uh, E for E people, you know, Sub Thirty Club, everybody can uh, can come out, come on out, and you can do something anywhere from a half marathon up to up to a hundred miles. I mean, maybe I don't know if we'll. Well, Gretchen has emphatically stated stated that she's never going over 5k but i'm except sure for she that would 8k you have her doing later this year the 10k what's that except for the 8 or 10k you have her doing later this year um well rob Did i I'm i haven't listened to the last two shows i oh pete dang 
Okay. No, yeah. We, my wife and I listen when we drive. We haven't been on a trip. And you, when you drop two shows on a weekend, you know, oh. I got some stuff to listen to. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you'll, I'm sorry to do spoiler on that, but you'll have to go listen. Uh, so anyway, I think it would be, uh, I know she would go up there and, and, uh, we, you know, we could plan something. So I think it would be really cool to do that. And we've got a year to plan it. So it, they are ready for that first weekend in August next year. Uh, I'm sure they'll start working on permits right away. Uh, could be a lot of fun, but I would go back to do that 50 K. But see the, the thing for me is it's going to depend on what my other goals are on what I want to do. I, I'm going to lean right now towards doing the 50 K again. Cause I'd want to try to do it a little bit better. Um, still have fun with it. Uh, but try to do it a little bit better, but I don't want to ruin, you know, any kind of racing I want to do. Cause that's the other piece of this is I'm, getting the itch to race not just do events like i look at the, these as like what i just did as an event mm-hmm. but the next like the 5k i have coming up i look at that as a race and then the squatchy i look at that as again as an event right because i'm not really going to be racing it right that doesn't mean i'm not putting effort in don't don't confuse oh, the i n- i know what you're saying I, I i i get the difference and if anybody else doesn't then they just need to go back and listen to some of your old shows and such yeah. because you define it yep absolutely so we're uh we're having fun but yeah that that's that's the badger in an uh, hour and 15 minute nutshell <laughs> so uh long long recap here oh uh, you covered multiple days so i think it's worth it yeah absolutely so yeah so thanks for for joining me again any any other last minute uh, thoughts, questions, anything? No, you pretty much covered everything you've told me. Give me a little bit of detail. Uh, you know, it was your, once again, this is one of those sit here, ask a few questions because it was your story to tell. And I think you told it very well. And, you know, I've said it to you then and everyone out there is going to throw, uh, throw it out on Facebook and this such. But let me say it again. Congratulations, Pete. Thank you very That's much. A, it's a, it is a great accomplishment, man. You need to be very proud of that for a long time. Yeah, definitely appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody's support and all the messages and words of encouragement. And thank you to, you know, to you on race day, uh, to Kevin, you guys sent, um, some really good encouraging messages through and, and it helped. And, uh, you know, you and I chatted while I was out there, um, and then after the race. So it's appreciated. And thank you to Gretchen and, and my family for constantly supporting me and, and let me do these crazy things. Um, it means a lot. And, uh, the kids were sending me notes and stuff too. So it was, it was really cool. Um, uh, my family overall has been super supportive, so I'll continue to do stupid stuff because, you know, they let me, that's, that's really what it comes down to. On the way to my ultra, Ryan and I were having a discussion. If I've shared it before, I will share it again. I don't care. And that's, we kept sitting there saying, this is, this is stupid. It's stupid. Why is we doing this? This is stupid. And we then made the realization that it's only stupid until you finish. And then it's epic. Epic. Beautiful. (laughs) All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up. You've been listening to episode 79 of the Fat Man Chronicles. The music is You Got Me Wrong by Safar. Thanks to our patrons. I have the list this time, Rob. Excellent. It's Christine, Amy, James. Linda, Rob, and Julie. Well, I could thank you personally. Uh, thank you guys so much for all that you've done and continue to do for us. It's uh, what helps keep this thing going. Um, and 
find us on social media if you'd like. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and please rate and review, especially on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. That's it. Everyone get out there and be better today. Yeah.